we are zooming with the conversation here, folks, on a Wednesday hump day in my own worst of podcast with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, shooting this from Tuscaloosa and live via YouTube. If you're new to the show and the channel, be sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications so that we can get you the best in news, notes, and coverage. As always, uh, can't do the show without my man, John Ivory. John, how you feeling, man? Feeling good. We back on and we're about to get the show started. Thank you for being patient in the chat and let's get it. Roll tight. We are rocking and rolling here as John, as my man JP just put it down there for you. We got a jam-packed slate of editions, slate of topics to get into on today. Gonna be awesome having my man Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver, joining us later in the show. But first topic of conversation is uh, are we inching closer to a college football season for 2020? And it appears to be that way, according to Brett McMurphy, who at one point in time was a college football insider for ESPN, now works for Stadium. He put out an article on Tuesday about how the NCAA Football Oversight Committee, they've made this proposal, they've made this thought, this idea about having six weeks of practice before the start of the football season or before the start of fall camp now. Though they've made this recommendation the Oversight Committee has to get this approved by the NCAA COVID-19 advisory panel. Now, if this becomes approved, it becomes a great indication of could the season start on time, when the season could start, and also how quickly could the student athletes and students in general be back on the various campuses. Now, how does this help Alabama? How does this benefit Nick Saban? Well, it benefits Nick Saban because if you remember on last week, on Tuesday or Wednesday, Prior to the NFL draft, Coach Saban spoke with Paul Feinbaum with the Paul Feinbaum show on ESPN and talked about how uh, Alabama normally has a four-week off-season program in the spring prior to spring ball and before he took his talents to the Georgia Bulldogs, Scott Cochran was over that offseason program, you know, making sure guys were running the 110s, lifting weights, doing the, the different things, the different stations, the different stations they had to do. And despite him putting a lot on the players, players were tired, passing out, you know, going through the motions and what have you. A lot of the guys felt like if I can get through this offseason program, if I can get through physically and mentally what the coaching staff is putting me through in this conditioning regimen, then uh, I will be able to get through the spring ball and get to the fun parts of it, whether it's throwing passes for the quarterbacks, you know, running through different drills for running backs, catching passes for wide receivers, you know, offensive linemen working on man blocking, zone blocking, run blocking schemes, uh, defensively being able to make the right tackles, break on the football, affect the passing game, sack the quarterback, get after the running back. So players felt like, and Nick Saban felt like, if you were able to have a four-week program in the offseason prior to the spring ball, it would get the players well-conditioned for having you know, that spring practice. So in that same light, he feels like because you know Alabama and the rest of college football did not have spring, if the NCAA was able to grant at least four weeks of a summer program, four weeks of summer practice, four weeks of summer conditioning because – 
as good as it is to be able to interact with your guys through Zoom calls, through other virtual apps, and you know, have the workout regiments for the iPhone, for the Apple Watch to monitor, to monitor the players in their every move. Although that's good, although that's fantastic, nothing works better than that one-on-one, -on -one, that face-to-face, -face, that interpersonal communication to where you can interact with your coaching staff, your support staff, and the players. You can have those moments where you are teaching the guys precept and example how to make the right tackle, how to make the right play, how to go about the right drill, and uh, you know have your guys right in front of your face interacting with your players. So if the NCAA COVID-19 advisory panel approves on the six-week practice period, then this could be, this could mean the 68-year-old, the six-time national champion in Nick Saban getting his wish of being out there on the football field. And not only does this help you know, the freshman guys that came in in the 2020 class, but this also helps the experienced guys. It helps out the older players, and it also helps out those that suffered injuries in the 2019 season or prior to the season when you discuss Dylan Moses, Joshua McMillan, guys like LeBron Ray, DJ Dale who got hurt in the latter part of the season, also Trey Sanders, getting those guys back on the field, getting those guys fully up to speed, making sure that each and every one of those players are 100% when they go through the drills, as they are having those teachable moments, as they're having those mental reps. So this would be good for the freshmen, this would be good for the older players, and this would also be really beneficial to those guys who were hurt in 2019 and have that chance to get back on the field. So hopefully the NCAA COVID-19 uh, advisory panel will be able to see this this whole uh, the whole proposal that the oversight committee is doing and we can have the six-week practice period prior to the uh, fall camp and the 2020 college football season but we're gonna go to our first break here on in my own words the podcast don't touch that dial just getting you started upon our return we will sit down with former alabama wide receiver matt cadell and talk some crimson tide 2020 football with him right after this Sports fan deserves the proper representation. Wit Will Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WitWillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown alabama.com today and roll tide.
We had Mac Hereford, former Alabama wide receiver, on Monday's show. And just a quick announcement on him. He's decided to take his fifth year of eligibility and play at Vanderbilt University. So congrats to him. Big wishes to him. But we now go to the In My Own Words hotline. We pick up the legend here, former Alabama wide receiver and analyst, when we have a time to get a chance to talk to him. Matt Cadell. Matt, my man, very happy to have you back on. How you feeling? I'm doing well. How are you? Man, I cannot complain, man. Doing well, staying safe, continuing to practice that thing called social distancing. But it's always fun conversation having you on the show. And Matt, as we look at this upcoming season, because when you talk to different athletic directors, they are very hopeful, keeping their fingers crossed that 2020 will be a college football season indeed. But just starting this thing off with, you know, Alabama, when you look at this defense, and first and foremost, Christian Harris is somebody of whom uh, he had to learn things on the fly this past season as a freshman, but with him getting that knowledge under his belt and with the healthy Dylan Moses back, what do you expect from Harris year two as a sophomore? What excites you about him? Uh, just his versatility. Uh, he's so athletic. You know, coming out of high school, he could play so many different defensive positions. Uh he played corner, linebacker, think safety. So you know the athleticism is there. Um, he, sh he was very consistent this past year, and I really look for him in his next his second year to really be um, that much more confident, play with that much uh, more consistency, and just be a d dominant defender out there for our defense along with Dylan Moses um, to really help bring back that Alabama defense that we've known um, in the past to have. Now, when you look at just this Alabama secondary here, Matt, of course, when you played, you played against dominant uh, defensive backs and tough, hard-nosed defensive backs. And here comes one in Daniel Wright, of whom uh, he's got some experience, played in 31 career games. But this could be a season to where it would be his first year as a starter at one of the two safety positions at 6'1", you know, 190-plus pounds here. He's added some muscle to his body. What do you like about Daniel Wright's game? Where do you want to see him, uh, you know, be that leader in the back five? Uh, what excites you about Daniel Wright taking the field in the upcoming season? Um, from what I've seen about him, he just seems like he has – uh, a lot of athleticism on the back end at the safety position. Uh, I think key for him is just to be consistent. Uh, that way he can be on the field um, as often as possible. I know he was behind guys like McKinney um, and Rodney Harrison and those types, but I think it's his time to step up and really, um, really help our defense be successful, be a leader, um, and really help on the back end from the safety position and give us that leadership that and consistency consistent play that we need on that back end. If you're just tuning into the show, ladies and gentlemen, we're got we're joined by former Alabama wide receiver Matt Cadell on the hotline here who played from 2003 to 07 for the Crimson Tide. Matt, you brought up the fact that, you know, Daniel Wright's been playing behind a lot of big-time names when you discuss Xavier McKinney and Minka Fitzpatrick, but how critical is that when you're able to pick up and learn from guys that know the position, that went through the process, you're able to sit down, gleam wisdom, gleam knowledge. 
How important or how precious or vital is that win? When you get your time to get on the field and officially be a starter, you're able to pull from the life lessons, the football lessons that older guys have, have poured into you. God, I think it's, it's huge. You know, knowledge, the more knowledge you can have, the better um, you can make up your opportunity. And I think, you know, he's having to learn from, you know, the McKinney's, the Minkas, uh, Rodney Harrison, seeing all those guys play in that role with a consistent play. Um, hopefully he's learned as much knowledge as possible from these guys and is ready to, you know, execute his opportunity um, to, you know, really be successful in that safety position for our defense. Now, Alabama's got seven backs here on the roster, Matt, when, when you discuss Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, Keegan Robinson, Trey Sanders, and the three freshmen in Jace McClellan, Roy Dale Williams, and Kyle Edwards. Well, a lot of backs here. Now, you, you, when you look at Najee Harris, you can say, you know, this is a guy that's going to push for a 1,000-yard season. Could have went into this NFL draft but decided to come back. Could Alabama potentially, though, have two 1,000-yard backs? And if you feel that way, who would be the guy to join Najee as that second 1,000-yard back? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I definitely see Alabama, the way we run our offense, uh, you know, because Saban and Sark want to be balanced uh, with the run and the pass. But, um, you know, with us having so much depth at the running back position, I really can see us really having – 2,000 yard um, rushers um, and obviously Najee would be one and I think uh, my second pick I'm going to say um, the running back uh, Trey Saunders I think he um, has so much upside you were hearing so many great reports about him in fall camp how explosive um, elusive he is how you know such a great runner he is with the ball before he had his injury. And I think um, with this time being off, working with the offseason, um, being able to watch the game from the sidelines, um, being able to see uh, the game uh, from a different perspective, I think he's going to be ready to take that next step. Um, obviously, Brian Robinson could, could would be my other answer. But, you know, with us having so many running backs, I think it's key for us to kind of move him uh, maybe into an H-back role, uh, you know, just to maximize all the runners um, that we have because we have Roydell Williams, we have Jason McClellan. Uh, so um, those right now, I would right now I would say uh, Trey Saunders and Najee. Now, Matt, for you, where does Keenan Robinson fit in, into the mix? Because here's a guy that – Nick Saban has constantly said he's got juice, he's got speed, he's got something that not a lot of our other backs have. A lot of people have compared him to one Kenyon Drake. So where would you see Keenan Robinson in this mix here? Um, to your point, the Kenyon Drake, you know, Jake will come in and kind of be that speed elusive type guy, kind of change of pace whenever we wanted to, uh, you know, really affect. Uh, the defense in the passing game, more of an outside type runs, quick, um, get the speed on the edges. And I think um, he showed a lot of that last year. You know, once he hits the hole, he is gone. It's, nobody's catching him. So Can't catch I a think speed he and bullet. Will definitely, 
<laughs> yeah, they're not catching him. I think important for him is, you know, to really get some size on him, really run behind his pads and really keep that speed. And I think if he's consistent, um, he will, they will find a way to put him on the field and, and use packages that way we can have an effective offense to go against these defenses in the SEC. If you're just tuning in to In My Own Words, the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, on a Wednesday, we got former Alabama wide receiver Matt Cadell on the phone lines, played from 2003 to 07, talking a little bit of Crimson Tide football for 2020. And the biggest thing, Matt, that all fans want to know is defensively, last two years were not what Alabama fans were accustomed to seeing from this defense, but getting some players back healthy. Of course, Pete Golden will look at last year, learn from what happened last year, and and push forward. But in terms of the pass rush, who do you see as the guy that Alabama will turn loose and say, young man, go get the quarterback? Um, I, I think it's going to be a lot of guys. I think it's just going to be um, – a lot of guys, you know, we have a lot of freshmen that coming in, you know, Will Anderson, uh, the guy from Jackson Olin. Uh, we have um, Drew Saunders. We have a, a lot of guys. And I think what's key for us is we really need to have uh, a lot of depth at that position, a lot of versatile guys that can play inside and outside and can rush the passer. Um, and because, you know, Christian Barmore is just a stud in the middle. So I think he's going to give us that consistent pressure up the middle. And um, I just think it's going to be a collect a, a collective group effort uh, where we'll see some guys really step out and really rush the pass rush, rush the quarterback. That way our defenses can be consistent. We could be used to what we're seeing uh, from an Alabama style defense. Now, and just, Matt, getting back to Dylan Moses being back, Dylan Moses being healthy, how much does that really sort of calm down Christian Harris? Because last year, he was forced to do everything. He was forced to make the calls, get affirmation, confirmation on those calls, and really take part of that communication assignment. Now that Dylan Moses, somebody who knows how to do this, who's played a lot of football, who's the alpha male of this front, with him back, how much does this calm Christian Harris down and he can just sink into his role of flying around the field, blowing stuff up, playing coverage? How much does the Dylan Moses return really enhance Christian Harris? Uh, I think it enhances his game a lot. Um, and I think it's going to help both of those guys' game. You know, the more knowledge you can do, the more trust you can put in the coaches with Coach Saban and and Pete Golden, the more we can do, we're, the sky's the limit for our defense. We can throw so many different packages and looks um, to offenses to really unleash these guys uh, and really um, help us really have an effective defense. So I think, you know, him having Dylan Moses there, uh, Dylan Moses having Christian Harris there, you know, having guys like Shane Lee, all those young linebackers, I really think is going to help our defense really be effective in the pass rush, um, stopping the run and being multiple um, where we have so much depth at the linebacker position. We could do whatever we want and keep offenses on their heels as far as uh, defensive tendencies with personnel uh, and things like that. 
If you're just tuning in to the show, ladies and gentlemen, on a Wednesday, we're joined live by former Alabama wide receiver Matt Cadell talking some Crimson Tide football for 2020. And Matt, just in your opinion, do you think the college football season will start on time? And if it does start on time, do you think Alabama will be ready? Will, will it be able to have enough practices in to compete and contend, you know, for a title? Um, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that the football season will start on time, but, you know, we still got to see, um, how this, uh, pandemic is going to, um, pan out the next couple of months. And so I'm hopeful by July we'll be in a better, uh, position as well as far as medically, but also, um, as far as plans for the college football season, um, moving forward, I'm quite sure. Uh, the SEC commissioner is, is is on the phone with these athletic directors and coaches and having all these different plans, contingency plans, um, as far as where we might be to have this football season um, happen this season. So uh, I think we'll have enough time. I just think everything will just be starting earlier. Um, so I just think if, if, if everything's good in July, uh, you're probably having a, a camp started late July going into August where it's even longer. Hopefully NCAA allows that where you can kind of get those, you know, OTAs, you can still get an extended, you know, extra week or two of practice um, to really uh, fill in the void for missing, not having spring training. Um, so uh, I just think the NCAA and the SEC are going to really have to, you know, play it by ear and really see where we at by July. And I think if we kind of push the calendar up some as far as practices, meetings, OTAs, like uh, activities in July, I think we'll be able to make up that time and um, have a successful football season um, if we have everything we need as far as the pandemic um, medically um, to, you know, really be able to have sports and have a sense of normalcy. Uh, during these uncertain times. He's Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver, joining us graciously every single Wednesday on In My Own Words, the podcast, talking Crimson Tide football for the 2020 season. Everybody keeping their hands crossed and prayers up that we will have football. But Matt, as always, we appreciate the insight. appreciate you joining us, man, and continue to stay, uh, stay safe. Be good, buddy. All right. Take care. Talk to you later. That was former Alabama wide receiver Matt Cadell talking some college football, some Alabama football, and what he sees in the 2020 season for the Crimson Tide. But we're going to go to another break here on the show. When we come back, we get into your phone calls, tweets, text messages, thoughts, questions, and concerns. Bring them here right after this. Menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. 
Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to Touchdown Alabama. Alabama.com today and roll tide. We are back from the break here, ladies and gentlemen, on the hottest show on the streets, best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information. Appreciate you guys rocking and rolling with us in my own words, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. And it's your time, Crimson Tide Nation 205. 205- 448-1358, the number to call in to let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358. You can also text with that number and leave a voicemail with that number. We pick up our first caller in the queue. Wayland's with us live on a Wednesday. What's going on, man? Man, I tell you what, Stephen, I've never moved so fast in my life. Keys in the pocket, in the car, garage door up. Out in the street, 360, back in the garage, in the house. The podcast is on with Matt Cadell. Don't ever do that to me again. Man, hey, hey, what, Waylon, we, we will try as hard as we can to not put you through that stress again, man. <laughs> We 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 know we, we know we know for we, we know for fat wagon that was stressful. So we, we we definitely apologize to you, my man. Man, I know you're not. JP ain't gonna let you do this to me tonight on Wednesday night. Man, I got. I'm calling the president. Anyway, what's going on down at TDA, baby? What's going on? What's going on here? We're gonna have some positive news in terms of of a college football season. The NCAA football oversight committee is trying to get this six week plan of practice before the season starts. They got to get this approved by the. COVID-19 advisory panel, but if, if they can get this approved, then become a, it becomes a great uh, indicator or it will show how quickly can the season start on time, how quickly can we get the students and the student athletes back on campus. So the league, the organization is moving toward trying to get football back in here. Yeah, I've been keeping a close eye on it myself, trying to get every little uh, tidbit information we can, to, you know, to stay up on and hoping the season is, uh, we'll be able to kick off here so they can get some quality work in to be able to get some of these guys in the places they need to be. So, you know, uh, we hope that happens, uh, soon. Maybe we can get some stuff cleared up, but I know the show's, uh, short and a lot of people in the queue, but I went back again to 1992. I just couldn't help it. That was just a special year for me. That was so a great I'm team, Wayland. Yeah, that was a that was a good team for me. I had a couple of dear friends of mine played on that team from little one A schools up here in Northwest Alabama. You know, you don't see that very often in Alabama, and uh, you know it was a special year, and we'll never forget that in uh, tied history. I hope we don't anyway. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. No, no, I don't think so. But anyway. All right, we're going to do a little quick poem here. Three hearty chokers. Hope everybody enjoys it. We'll get out of everybody's hair. All right, here we go. Roses are reds. Violets are blues. It was a Superdome in 1992. All the writers and news channels said Bama had no chance to win the game from the reigning champs. 
But the Bama defense said no way. The bookends of Bama harassed Toretto all day. <laughs> the lightning struck. The thunder rolled. Out of the eye of the hurricane, George Teague rolled. With a strip ball in hand, headed back to Bama land. So the mighty hurricanes left the Superdome that day with their pride all stripped away. All right, Stephen, we'll get out of here. Y'all doing a great job down at TVA. We'll catch y'all again, the good Lord's willing, on Friday night. Y'all be safe. Bye-bye. Be good, though. We're going to appreciate him always dropping by with a great poem. Wasn't trying to put too much stress on him there, but we appreciate you guys for hanging with us even through these a couple of uh, technical difficulties there. But we got some questions there in the chat line, John. Yeah, also, I just want to say – that was a real good poem, Waylon. That was a good one. But um, Cedric Peterson asked, are the players able to train with the new strength and conditioning staff right now? Are the players able to train with the staff? Now, they're not, they're not there with the staff. However, the staff did give them uh, workout regiments, workout plans. So they have those plans on their iPhones, on their Apple Watches, on different devices. So they're not here currently with the staff. But they are, but the staff is monitoring what they're doing on the phone and on the Apple Watches in terms of the workouts. We got another one. Uchi Tai asks, what do you think Alabama's record will be this year? Woo! Interesting. Interesting question right there. I mean, I could look at I could look at 14 and I could look at 14 and 1 because that game against Georgia will be interesting. The LSU game will be interesting. Uh, the Auburn game is always kind of interesting. So, so I can look at 14-1. and one, But as of right now, I'm going to go with 15-0. and 0. And the reason why I'm going with 15-0 is because I just feel like this Alabama team hungry after two seasons of not getting a championship. They got the bad personalities out of the room. They've got the right sports performance team here and Blue and Dr. Ray. And, you know, hopefully we can cut down on these injuries. And uh, the big thing is – you know, not having spring and with this pandemic going around, these guys are going to take this football season very seriously because it could be a situation where, you know, they don't have a football season. So hopefully we're able to see college football. I think the players take it very seriously. So I say 15-0 and 0 for the Crimson Tide. But a very interesting topic. Very interesting news that came out on today was the NCAA Board of Governors ruled in favor of pay-for-play. They've ruled in favor of compensation for student-athletes, allowing these individuals to uh, profit off their image, their name, and their likeness. Now, according to the article from the organization, we could be seeing pay-for-play go into effect as soon as the 2021 to 2022 academic year, and students have been waiting on this, athletes have been waiting on this for a long time. I know the traditionalists say, well, they're on scholarship, they're on scholarship, they get scholarship, they get this, this, this. Well, the scholarship don't take care of everything. I have a bunch of friends that played at Alabama, and a lot of them, that scholarship didn't take care of everything. Either room and board was left off, books were left off, some stuff was left off, and they had to pay from that stuff out of pocket. And then, with the amount of money that these players bring in, in terms of enrollment, in terms of when the universities hooked up with the NCAA EA Sports video game, these athletes are bringing four times the amount of that scholarship, and they see none of that money. So, with them, with 
the players bringing in the amount of revenue, the amount of marketability, the amount of excitement that they bring these respective venues and programs. It is about time for these young men and women to get compensated for their image, their likeness, and uh, their name. So the NCAA Board of Governors has ruled in favor of pay-for-play comp- compensating these young athletes, and it can take place as early as the 2021 the 2022 academic year. But we're going to take another break here on In My Own Words, the podcast. Upon our return, we will touch in on one uh, Dylan Moses and why I think he will be the best linebacker in college football in the upcoming season right after this. Hey, Willie Willie said, if we lose, he coming for you. You said we're going 15-0. you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. As we're back into the conversation from the break here in my own words, the podcast, Touchdown Alabama Magazine, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, to answer the thought from Willie351 in the chat line. Yes, I said 15 and 0. Could be 14 and 1, but I think this Alabama team is going to be so hungry to where it's not going to want to lose a game. So I'm going to go with 15 and 0. And hey, Pull up on me one time. Pull up on me. I I, I will take on all, all I will take on all commerce. I will take on all commerce at this point. But we dive into one. Dylan Moses, the Alabama, the Alabama linebacker, and why he will be the best linebacker in college football to me in the upcoming season. First and foremost, Dylan missed a whole season of college football last year. This defense was set up was built up with Dylan Moses in mind. All the players knew it. Of course, Pete Golding had it set up with Dylan Moses in mind. Nick Saban had it set up with Moses in mind. I remember we had Mac Herford on the show, along with Jared Maiden, Shaheem Carter. We, we featured a lot of former, quite a few former players on the show. And all of those guys talked about how this defense was set up with Moses in mind as the leader, as the captain. And I remember during the spring of last year, he was so excited to be the man because he saw the guys before him. You know, he watched the, or he saw videos of the Rolanda McClains, the Donta Hightowers, the C.J. Mosleys, the Reggie Raglins, the Reuben Fosters. Of course, he watched the Sean Dion Hamiltons, the Rashawn Evans. So he, he's watched all of these guys before him, and now the baton 
has was going to hit his hand. He was excited all spring, getting guys pumped up, getting guys energized and ready in the summer, you know, in the spring practices and what have you. And then going into the uh, the SEC media days, I got a chance to talk to talk to him. He was excited about working with Pete Golding and being the alpha male of his defense. So when he got hurt, it was very disappointing. It was shocking. It, it it was hurt. It was hurt. It was painful. It was painful seeing the frustration on that young man's face because he wanted to be the leader. He wanted to be the guy. He was ready to take on this defense. And when you're gone a whole year from football, and when you've been able to analyze the game, think about the game, take a moment to take a step back and really look at what could have happened, what should have happened, what would have happened, and taking those mental reps, when the time comes around again, you appreciate it more. Dylan Moses is going to appreciate more being on the field. He's going to appreciate more being around his teammates. He's going to appreciate more being around his brothers. He's going to appreciate more having that communication down because in the back of his mind, he's going to know I don't have to have this. I didn't have it last year. It was taken away from me last year. It was robbed of me last year. I did not get that chance to be with my guys, my defensive players, my brothers, my teammates. This was supposed to have been my defense. If I would have been out there, Alabama's a top five defense. If I would have been out there, you know, we're, we're in the top five. We're number one in every single category, and that's what's going through Dylan's mind, not wanting to have that again. So missing the whole season, getting the chance to think about it, contemplate it, take a step back, see what happened, and see what could have happened. He's going to be ready to be, get back on the field and be a beast of not just a communicator, but a primetime playmaker, so that's number one. Number two, I said the word communication, that's another reason why he's going to be the best linebacker in college football. It didn't take Moses nothing but six months to learn the Alabama defense, to learn the Nick Saban scheme. He knows it backwards, forwards, sideways, diagonally. He knows his Alabama defense more so than he knows how to ride a bike. And I'm pretty sure Dylan Moses knows how to ride a bike. But he knows this Alabama defense. He knows the word jargon. He knows the terminology. He knows where to put guys in the right spots. He can make the calls on the field. And that's what the tie missed this past season. Xavier McKinney did a great job. He really did. But for him having to come down from his safety spot and direct traffic and pat somebody on the butt, hey, go up in that gap, pat somebody on the butt, hey, slide over here, and then having to jump back to his free safety spot and still try to make a play on the football a little bit too much at times for X to handle. He shouldn't have had to have done that much, but he did it, found a way to make it work, but having Moses back in the middle, in the center, as the nucleus of the controls, as the, the mothership, so to speak. Having Dylan Moses back as the mothership plays a huge role. It plays huge dividends, and you know he's going to be able to have other guys relax, be able to direct traffic, have them fly around the field, blow stuff up, shoot up gaps, make tackles for loss, get sacks on the quarterback, affect the running back, as well as the communication and let the back five and the secondary know what's happening. So the guys like Jordan Battle, Daniel Wright, uh, Patrick Sertan, Josh Job, or whomever Nick Saban puts out there can track the football. Having Moses back as the nucleus sets everything back in motion. 
and it sets Alabama back to being that fear defense that you of Tide Nation are used to seeing it be. Last and not least, why Alabama will be the why next by Dylan Moses will be the best linebacker in college football. Got a little tongue tied there is he wants to be a top five pick. He wants to be a top five NFL draft pick and getting him back on the field and having him back making plays and having him back directing traffic and having that IQ, that intelligence, that high motor back on the field. The guys like Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper Jr., Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah, they're going to go, whoa, this is what we missed last year. This is what we didn't have last year. Here's that Bama defense that was supposed to have been like this last year, but because Dylan Moses was not on the field, we didn't get that. Now that Dylan Moses is back on the field, we are seeing what a Nick Saban defense is supposed to look like. We are seeing what a fear unit is supposed to be. And with Moses captaining and anchoring this front, now we see Dylan Moses for what he is, which is a top five draft pick in the 2021 NFL venue. So he missed the whole season. He's going to be ready to be back dominant again, being back on the field with his brothers. He'll have that communication in pocket with the team. And then last but not least, that desire to be a top five pick. But as always, Tide fans, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your Crimson Tide. You can get this by downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. Very easy to do. You can get this from the iPhone App Store, if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store, if you have the Android phone, if your podcast option needs or iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, or iHeartRadio, we have you covered. And if the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Friday talking Crimson Tide football. But for now, we leave on this. Husbands, love those wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children find ways legitimately to not not be bored. Get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself and protect those loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, it's your man Stephen M. Smith. This has been In My Own Words.